Hello, this is Len Tengis welcoming you to the iPodcast AGCMO Weekly Podcast. In each episode, we'll feature information about a contractor, specialty contractor, supplier, contracting agency, owner, or legislative or regulatory issue pertinent to the construction industry in Missouri. We'll feature industry professionals and other construction industry representatives to help our listeners stay up to date with current and future trends in construction. So here we go. Welcome back to iPodcast AGCMO. Our guest today is the president and CFO of HCSS, Steve McHugh. Steve is serving as the chairman of the American Road and Transportation Builders Association this year. Steve, thanks for your time this morning. Oh, no, thank you, Lynn. How did you get into this whole industry? How did you come to be where you are at HCSS? Well, you know, I started back in construction in high school after my father had passed away some 40 years ago and really enjoyed building things and felt like that at least the civil civil construction side was the route that I wanted to go. I ended up going through Texas A&M and coming out of there and working for a company called Turner, Colley & Braden out of Houston that ultimately was uh, bought out by AECOM. That was really my first move into it and then uh, went from there over and worked on some big bridge projects, uh, probably the last, uh, the Fred Hartman Bridge, a uh, big cable stay bridge over the Houston Ship Channel. That's really what got my start in it. I ended up in the software business kind of by happenstance. I was already running a business and looked like that this would be a great fit with my civil background and uh, business background, and that's really how I ended up in the software business and kind of where I'm at today. And then you got involved with ARTBA. How did that all transpire? I've been involved with ARTBA for over 15 years now, and it really starts with being active and, and, and showing up. I've run through a lot of the positions within the association, everything from membership development uh, the Material and Service Division president and then running some of the regional areas for them. And a lot of it, you know, just always came back to my attraction, at least to ARPA, is they, they tended to have just a top-notch staff, number one, and number two, always thought that they uh, tended to be out front. They were bold and weren't afraid to lead. And so it attracted me to the association and, and has kept me involved ever since. And it's a little bit unique as a software company involved in such a uh, heavily construction industry related uh, like this. But we always wanted to support as a, a company, you know, the customer side of our business. And there's probably nothing that's closer to our business than ARPA. The main part of our business has always been around the heavy civil, heavy highway uh, contractor. Now, as the chairman of ARPA, what are some of your responsibilities? Well, typically, I would be traveling a lot uh, this year to chapter and industry events around the country. Not so much since, right now, is it? No, I was going to say since mid-March, all, all you know, all of them been canceled. So I've been visiting with our members through phone calls and online online activities like this. So it's interesting, though, Lynn. I've had some unique opportunities lately. In in late April, I represented ARPA and the Transportation Construction Coalition on a conference call with U.S. Transportation Secretary Lane Chow where I was able to talk through our industry concerns, priorities during the pandemic. Also uh, moderated a webinar for all of the ARPA members last week, which fe featured Eric Ulin, uh, President uh, Trump's legislative director, that was very well attended and had well over 200 attendees on that uh, call. So 
beyond that, I'm staying in touch with ARPA staff frequently throughout each week. Now, we are in certainly times that none of us have ever lived through before. How do you feel, from a national perspective, the industry has been responding at the local level, at the state level? The transportation construction industry has always been resilient, written recently that in disasters and emergency, the first responders come on the scene immediately to save lives, and then our industry follows to rebuild and help lead the recovery. With the pandemic, it was important to make sure the industry kept working. Fortunately, the you know the federal government, nearly, nearly every state classified public work construction as essential at the urging of ARPA and our state chapters like yours in Missouri. You know, several states have even accelerated projects because of the lower traffic counts. Contractors have had an important responsibility to protect our workers, which they've done, by adding coronavirus prevention measures to their safety protocols uh, on the job site. Now we just have to work hard to preserve and hopefully grow funding so the industry and our employees can be part of the recovery that we know is going to have to happen. What has ARPA been doing for their members and the chapters specifically during the last couple of weeks since this has all hit? You know, as you know, we've been communicating with our chapters through weekly conference calls for you and your counterparts. This really enables everyone to share information from D.C. and around the country. ARPA staffs put out over 40 editions of a report on how the states are dealing with the pandemic at the project level. And we've uh, started a similar report on state revenues and construction programs since that's becoming a a big issue. I think that report started out at just a a few pages and and is now well north of 200. So, And we've been getting a lot of uh, positive feedback from that as well. Uh, We've also done several webinars on the topics, like the Federal Paycheck Protection Program, and released about two editions of our newsline each week. We've also put out many safety resources, including a seven-minute video on preventing infectious disease on the job site. If you guys want to take a look at that, it's available in both English and Spanish. And we've actually had about 7,000 views of it, so it's, it's being widely distributed. So that's, that's always good news. Yeah, you mentioned what's going on at the state level. Obviously, as we've seen, the drop in vehicle miles traveled and a lot less folks in their vehicles and a lot less fuel being burned. It's really had a quite an impact on the funding at the state levels, hasn't it? It's been tremendous, and, you know, at least from the, the state level, which which if you look, Lynn, if you look from a federal funding and then the state level, so much of the dollars are made up from that, and a lot of that's from reduction. And at least from ARPA's standpoint, we're focused on two parts, really one at the state level and one at the federal level. We're supporting the request from AASHTO, uh, the Association of State DOTs, for an immediate $50 billion in federal funding to backstop the revenue that states are projected to lose because of the lower consumption that you're talking about. You know about this because Director Patrick McKenna from uh, Missouri DOT, he's currently serving as the AASHTO president this year. Now, there's also the issue, there's not just the issue of the short-term funding with the $50 billion for the backfill, but also we're up against a reauthorization year, aren't we? We are up against reauthorization year. That is the other part of this, is the long-term reauthorization of the Highway and Transit Program. The FAST Act, which is our current law, is, uh, is due to expire in September of this year. 
the Senate Environment and Public Works Committee put together a very good bill last July, so they were well out a year in advance, uh, which should be the basis for the final product. Their bill is what we're looking for. It's five years. It's a multi-year bill, and it includes a 28% increase in highway investment compared to the FAST Act. We're making the point that the industry needs a robust long-term reauthorization bill like this one if we're going to lead the nation's economic recovery, which which historically is what is what we've done. That's really the importance of the work that ARTBA does is that representation in the halls in Congress and the work that gets done up there. This stuff just doesn't magically happen. Somebody has to be there promoting the industry, helping policymakers understand the issues that our contractors face on a day-to-day basis. Well, you're exactly right, uh, Lynn. ARPBA is talking every day, and, and in fact, from ARPBA's efforts and, you know, and the help that we would ask, at least from, from your contingency out of Missouri, is stay in touch with your congressional delegation, you know, as much as possible. It's, it's key. It always surprises me that, that they really respond to their, to their voters that reach out to them, uh, it, and they need to understand the severity of, of your revenue problems and the importance of helping out the Missouri DOT, both in the short term, like you said, with the funding for AASHTO, but also in the longer term from a, a long-term bill. You know, there's many groups trying to get their attention right now, so all transportation construction industry professionals need to speak up through calls, emails, tweets, Facebook, any way that you can get the word out there. ARPA and other DTs, just like you guys in Missouri, uh, we're in constant contact trying to move this forward. I see it all the time that as a paid staff person, I can visit legislators' offices till the cows come home, but when a practitioner, a contractor, a business owner shows up, it makes a huge impact, 10 times more than the hired guns ever make. It does, and as we sit right now, we're going to need those grassroots efforts, especially from the members, uh, when they can get that out to their employee base, and we make it easy to send both the Senate and the House you know, letters in support of this. There is a lot of competing interest. We have to make sure that, that our voice is heard. Uh, we need to get something done now so we don't run up against reauthorization in September. And that's only going to happen uh, with a unified voice across the country. So from a Missouri perspective, the folks who are listening to this, the best thing they can do is do the outreach that you talked about. Do the outreach. Make sure that you're talking to to your congressional delegation and make sure that if you've, you know, that your employees are as well. It, it's vital. You know, you, you mentioned it. You can go in and talk all you want. It makes all the difference in the world uh, when someone from their voting district uh, reaches out to them and tells them exactly what's going on and how this is affecting them. Steve, how long does your term as chairman of ARPA run? How long are you going to sit in that seat? It runs in, uh, until this October. So I've got Got a little bit of time left. I uh, have a lot uh, on my plate. I can tell you this, you know, the COVID-19 uh, has been somewhat of a generational curveball that's been been thrown at, at us. You know, we're doing our best to make the best of it. We're actively staying in contact with our members, and we're actively staying in contact with the Congress and, and making sure. Because as we sit right now, we're going into 
presidential election, but you know we're still wanting the Congress. Uh, we're wanting President Trump, who's been has shown leadership around the infrastructure, but we're wanting him to make good on the promises of 2016 to to get some uh, long-term sustainable funding out into the infrastructure uh, world, and that includes the highway and transit programs. Well, Steve, I'm sure when you signed up to be national chairman, this was the last thing you had in your mind, but it really does test you and test the association to be nimble and respond, and it seems like that's exactly what has happened. I couldn't agree agree more. The, the ARPA staff is hands down some of the best in the industry, and uh, they've, they've adjusted and still uh, produce great stuff on a daily basis, so uh, hats off to them. Steve, you've really had a curveball thrown at you and really hit it out of the park as far as I can see from where we sit. I know our members appreciate everything that you and ARPA have been doing. Thanks again for your leadership during this year. Well, Lynn, uh, thank you so much, and we do appreciate the members, and we sure appreciate your support through the years. Thanks again for listening. It's easy to subscribe to iPodcast AGCMO on almost any podcast platform that you use. We hope you do subscribe and continue to listen as we move forward with this important project for the construction industry. To access our prior podcasts, visit www.agcmo.org, not only for podcasts, but for additional information about AGC of Missouri.